There's a movement going around called deconstruction. And quite frankly, why should I care? Well, we're going to answer that and more next with guest Jamison Allen from Lark on the Church Solutions Podcast. It's the Church Solutions Podcast, brought to you by StreamingChurch.tv. The Church Solutions Podcast is all about helping you and your church with technology and other encouraging ideas for ministry. Now, here are your hosts, Steve Lacey and Phil Thompson. And hello, everyone. Welcome to the Church Solutions Podcast. My name is Phil Thompson. And I'm Steve Lacey. Steve, Happy New Year. It's the first week of January. How are things going for you and your family? Uh, doing doing wonderful, Peachy Keen. All right, good. You ready for 2023? Had, had blowout Christmas with the grandkids, turning oh. into full-on grandparents. Man, jumping... you... <laughs> What's that? I've just, I, I still, I have a hard time. You know, I've known you for so long, and it was you and Tina and the four kids that it's just, amazing to me that now you're a grand you you guys are grandparents yeah grandparents <laughs> like wow you know and they're, they're entering the fun years yeah yeah so, so we're spoiling them well, good for you and then you can always <laughs> you can always like shoo them away when you're done with them that's right, right. yeah exactly all right well good deal so um we are uh church solutions podcast we have been doing this for a long time and uh, this is episode number 367. We do it once a week. We are a tech company that specializes in streaming video. However, all of us are involved in ministry in our churches or have been. And uh, we target this. Uh, if you're listening for the first time, we, we do a lot of topics, not just tech stuff. And today is one of those examples. We're going to talk about deconstruction. Silence. All right. <laughs> so so let me uh so so let me uh read the bio of our guest here who is uh, so gracious to be on with us. Uh he is a pastor. Uh he is an encourager. He is a community builder with a uh, organization called Lark. It's a nonprofit organization empowering conversations about God's grace and uh helping people grow and, and be connected is how he spends his time. He's got a life with four kids. And uh, they live in an RV, which we'll get to in a moment here, RV traveling around the United States, encouraging people. Uh, and uh, he is uh, a blogger. He is a, a pastor, as I mentioned earlier, a thinker. And they also have a podcast. So we'll get to this. So uh, Jamison Allen is our guest today. Hi, Jamison. How are you? I'm doing pretty well. Thank you very much. I'm glad 2023 is here because December 2022 was a disaster. Um, when you have four kids and one of them goes down, it just uh, goes everywhere. So everybody gets it. That was uh, our Christmas and uh, everybody's better today. But I, I got to tell you, the the fact that the Bears season is almost over and how bad it was is is probably more disconcerting to me than that. I'm somebody owns fan. somebody owns the Bears, right? <laughs> What's his name? Uh, he owns them. Uh, he said he owns them anyhow. Uh, that guy that plays for Green Bay. I don't want to hear about it. All right. I don't want to hear about it. <laughs> All right. You just keep that to yourself. <laughs> All right. We'll do that. I'm a, I'm a Steelers I'm fan. I'm going to keep thinking about 1985 over and over. <laughs> I remember 1985 very well. All right. Well, look, um, we're glad that your family's better now. Um, actually, uh, my wife and I got COVID in December as well. We got COVID and we, we hadn't oh, had no. it. 
we hadn't had it, you know, we thought, oh, we're going to get away with not getting it, but uh, we did. So anyhow, uh, we're all good here and sounds like you are too. So uh, let's talk about a topic that some people may be aware of and some people uh, like my co-host are not. Yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's called deconstruction and it's been around for a long time. And if you, well, if you really go back to history, it's been around for a long, long time, but it's been really a topic probably the last two or three years or more that have gained a lot of ground with the internet and, and social media and all that stuff. So, so let's talk about deconstruction. And, and for those, and you know, most people who listen to this podcast or watch us, they're in ministry of some capacity, either leadership or volunteer and all that stuff. So uh, maybe they've heard about this, but why? So first of all, what is deconstruction and why should people in ministry be aware of it? Yeah. Deconstruction. Well, number one, I think it's a term that has taken on, like you said, it's an old term, but it's taken on a lot of new uh, meaning and uh, it's hitting people in different and new ways. Uh, And on top of that, it just means so many different things that to answer your question, <laughs> it can be hard and confusing um, because it's become a bit of a junk drawer term, uh, a catch-all for for anyone who's not satisfied with their church experience. Um, and it just, I mean, it, I, I hate, I'm just going to keep going because there's a lot yeah. of different things. One of the, one of the ones I've seen personally is a lot of is people who have experienced uh wounds or hardship or relational discord um or even exclusion in a church environment uh and and they can't rectify that they can't figure out like what what to do with that and it ends up leading to a crisis of well what is church who is god what's jesus all about can i actually believe in the resurrection Um, If I do believe in the resurrection, do I have to go to church on a Sunday in a building? Um, And so on and so forth. It goes a hundred directions. And here's one of the other things that I think has kind of brought a lot into the conversation. When you look at a lot of the the things that are big in politics right now, right? The big issues that are outstanding in front, you've got everyone having to deal with. uh, I want to think, I mean, there's so many agendas out there. You can you can talk about what does it look like to deal with Ukraine and Russia? What does it look like to deal with COVID and vaccines and staying home or not? What, what does it right. look like to be in relationship with the LGBTQ community? What does it look like to be someone who doesn't agree with everything the Republicans say and everything that anyone says? Um, whatever camp you want to talk about, they're becoming more and more exclusive and relationships are becoming more and more disintegrated because people seem to feel like they can't hold conversation, much less be friends with people that disagree with them. That's new. That's pretty new. Um, it hasn't always been that way. I heard someone say, and I forget who it was, but you used to be able to be married to someone that you didn't vote the same as all the time. Now that's unthinkable. Someone who's considering a marriage, like you say one thing they don't believe in and and they're out. And I share that because that's entered. It's, it's put the weight of all of those issues and those relational tensions. That weight gets dropped on the church. Pastors have to deal with it. 
Um, people in the church have to deal with it. Elders are, are dealing with it. And some of them in healthy ways and some of them in really damaging ways. Um, but right. here's one of the things that I think is a really helpful uh, link for people. Do you guys remember Galileo? Remember who I that do. is? I do, a little yeah. before my time. Yeah. He, yeah, he, uh, we were friends years ago, but, but he passed <laughs> away and I haven't, you know, I don't keep up with his family or anything. I know it's sad. We've kind of lost touch. Um, <laughs> Galileo, if anyone doesn't remember, is the guy who made the argument famous that the sun might not, in fact, revolve around the earth. Okay. Uh, that was a really big deal. And do you know who put him into prison for saying that? Probably a pope, wasn't it? I don't remember now, but. The Roman Catholic Church. Yeah. Um, that was the church back then. Um, right. Because I believe, I, I don't remember the exact year, but anyways, yeah. this is a big, big part of our conversation because when you discover something that cataclysmically changes everything you thought you knew, and you happen to be unique in that, meaning not everyone's there yet. Not everyone's with you. Not everyone has read what you've read or discovered or seen what you've discovered and seen. You get ostracized. You are a threat to uh, what keeps things stable. <laughs> and Galileo was forced to recant his position and then put on house arrest for the rest of his life for putting in putting onto paper with a clear argument and definition what it means that the sun does not revolve around the earth um that was done in the name of holding to doctrine putting him in prison that was done in the name of being faithful as the church um so there's precedent in both rethinking things and learning new things and a process of discovery and churches being unwilling to deal with it and hear it and so so let me jump in here so are, are you yeah. saying from your experience jameson that when it comes to people going through this process of deconstruction are you saying from your experience that uh, the evangelical church has really been down on people for going through that um i have seen that happen a lot generalizing in my seat where i sit would be a little assumptive um but the trends that i hear in stories from people have in my world been very consistent and that's that you're not welcome if you have questions if you are welcome it comes with a condition that you play by their rules of engagement and that you pursue what they want you to pursue as the end goal of said deconstruction right so um, and that makes me sad yeah, absolutely. So, um, see, I think that that this could be a healthy thing. I, you know, things we, when you were explaining what deconstruction was, you know, questioning your faith, questioning certain things, questioning doctrines or whatever. To me, that's a healthy thing to do. Yeah. Right. I mean, if you're, you know, if if you've been raised a Christian or or even if you've converted as a Christian in your teens or early twenties, you know, maybe at the time you kind of bought into everything. But 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 now you're thinking, well, maybe I need to rethink some of this stuff. I mean, I don't see what's wrong with that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yep. 
an unwillingness to let the questions you actually have come out of your mouth into conversation. Um, that's usually fear driven, right? And that's what makes me so sad is a lot of people are dealing with real questions, real problems, and whether they're legitimate questions or not is not the first point. Um, but oftentimes you see people apprehensive because they've seen it happen to other people, whether it's in their church or they've seen it on the news or TV or whatever. Um, and I'm one of the things that for me helped make that clear is, well, two things. Number one, I don't know if you guys have ever read Pete ends, but he's got a book called, uh, the sin of certainty. And what he does is unpacks the idea, the concept of certainty and shows how certainty is actually not faith. Um, in fact, he would say doubt is a part of faith. And if you don't have doubt, then faith may not be what you're living in. A false sense of certainty may be what you're living in. Um, and he, he goes into, obviously it's a whole book, <laughs> but if you're curious about that topic, I, I, I can't recommend it high enough. He's a really wise author. You don't have to agree with everything he says. Um, but, but it's re it's been mind opening for me and it has helped give a lot of space for people friends of mine and people that I've served to be able to have conversations and not feel like they're going to get hung out to dry or feel like they're going to say the wrong thing or go too far in their questioning. And I just tell them, I'm like, look, if God is God, then he doesn't like get changed based on whether or not you think he's real, <laughs> based on whether or not you think he's good based on anything that your perceptions are. But the cool thing is the scriptures reveal that he is good and that he loves you and that there's nothing he will let stand in the way from you discovering that love. So I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and say, let's wrestle with the questions. Let's ask them, even if we can't answer them. So you were, go ahead, Steve. Uh, you were, you were kind of talking about how um, people get frustrated with the church and it's an evolution into starting to doubt their own faith and, how many, I mean, obviously in every church, people are, churches are made up of human beings and there's all kinds of problems and everybody's going to run into issues with uh, interacting with their church, but not, not, I don't think, not, not a lot of them are going to doubt their faith because they have a hard time, you know, within the church. What percentage of people, you know, start to lose their faith because of the issues they had, you know, dealing with their church? I have no idea. That's a great question. Um, again, then, I, I don't know any data, you know, that's, I would be, the there's Google gotta that. be some stuff on, you know, <laughs> Barna. Right. I'm sure Barna <laughs> has talked about that. Yeah. Um, but I can speak from personal experience in a city like Chicago and, and then on the road, like we've, we've encountered people everywhere all along the way who are in some way they're like, I thought I believed this. And they're either in a state of limbo now where they're just like, I don't know, I'm exploring, I'm reading, I'm talking, I'm listening to podcasts and sermons and et cetera. And then there's people that have, there are things they have left behind, um, but they're still, they're still searching. Um, and I want to share a quote with you guys from one of my good buddies who's done a ton of work on this conversation um, because it's, it's helped be a level set for me. 
Uh, he says deconstruction is an act of faithfulness to the judo Judeo Christian tradition, like the prophets and ultimately like Jesus deconstruction is a prophetic act of evaluation and discovery. It's a journey into the most honest and more faithful expression of faith that we desperately need. And then he says this, I would say deconstruction is actually incomplete without reconstruction. As Jesus said, You've heard that it was said, so I say unto you, that little phrase, right? He presents to us a new way to embody our faith. This is our blueprint then as well. It doesn't leave us with a faith more brittle, but actually a faith that's more resilient than ever. Um, his name's Michael Lisi, and he talks about deconstruction ad nauseum in a really helpful way um, on a podcast called the Nehemiah Collective. And it's helped me a ton in this conversation. And so and he helps people everywhere. So, so what's some examples of healthy responses for the church, for someone that's, you know, struggling with their faith or starting to doubt what, what are some, what are some good, good advice for other pastors out there for, you know, how to, how to deal with it in a healthy way. Yeah. Um, compassion and conversation are the two biggest ones. And when I say conversation, I mean like no strings attached. Um, I find that when we insist on certain outcomes on, within a conversation, and this is true in any relationship, like it's not going to last very long <laughs> because they won't trust us. Um, they won't, they won't be okay with just transparently being where they actually are. And so I, I think we need to have a lot of compassion in that if I'm not where this person is, but their questions actually put me on the defensive because they seem critical of me as a pastor or me as a church leader or elder or me as a ch church goer to this beloved church of mine, um, I think we need to suspend some of that uh, defensiveness and just enter in and be like, well, let's, I just want to, I need to hear it. I it's that old, like, put yourself in their shoes kind of thing. But I mean that not in the kind of chintzy way, but the true relational, let's get to know this part of your story with no strings attached. Because if they feel like you're trying to fix them, and if they feel like you're praying, here's the, the kicker. I've had a lot of people work through some element of deconstruction, and someone in their family or their church lets them know that they're praying for them to get over it essentially is how that's interpreted or how it's communicated. Um, and it's not always both. Right. So like nothing's more demoralizing in that moment than hearing I'm praying for you. I mean, that's offensive. <laughs> not that the person deconstructing has to be right, but that their story is being illegitimized, that it's being downplayed. And here's the other one. And this is a word I think that, that can go out, man, to all of us, <laughs> whether you're in ministry now or you have been. And that's a, a phrase from Rowan Williams. I don't know if you guys have ever read him. He's got a powerful little book on discipleship. It's like 90 pages. Um, he uses this phrase. Uh, he says, a willingness to be forgiven. Hmm. And when you enter into conversations with someone like that's deconstructing or that's questioning their faith, or they're wondering if church is what it should be, 
um, a willingness to be forgiven is a posture of, you know, I could be wrong (laughs) or I could have said something that hurt or I could have communicated something that set up a false belief for you or who knows it could go a lot of ways if if we're not willing to to be forgiven um then we're not seeing people as people we're seeing them as butts in seats we're seeing them as a way to further our idea of whatever instead of saying no 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 the gospel is about you being free in Jesus that's the thing that's already true and already accomplished it's not a thing you can make true by being faithful to Jesus um that is a paradigm shift and I think the modern church in the West is is reeling um, because we often get that backwards. We often set up the idea that, man, if you're faithful to Jesus, you will experience freedom. Um, and I just think that's not what Jesus said, you know, and that's that kind of brings me to my last point. Take each other and take these people that are working through this stuff, take them back to the words of Jesus. And most specifically, the parables, right? Um, there's 30 some odd, probably 40 plus parables in the Gospels. And they're very confusing stories <laughs> that often get kind of, I think preaching the parables is difficult. You know, um, they're one of the most misunderstood things in the Bible. But when you look at the parables and you go dive deep, and we've done this a lot at Lark, and we've also been reading a guy named Robert Capon who wrote a magisterial work all on the parables. It's like six and a half hundred pages. What you realize is Jesus, one parable at a time, was deconstructing the Jewish faith. And every parable, there's a brick that he's pulling out of the wall and he's saying, this like it's not like this and you remember what he says all along he's like the kingdom of heaven is like right and then he and then he goes into this whether it's a story or a comparison or whatever and we end up turning those into see here's the way you be a christian and jesus is like saying saying things that are totally absurd he's like man if you show up at um eight o'clock to work i'm gonna pay you 25 dollars if you show up to work at 4.30 p.m., I'm going to pay you $25. And when you all come through the line, that's what I'm going to give every single person. This is what the kingdom of heaven is like. <laughs> and that's an offense, man. I'm like, dude, I've put a lot of time into this and a lot of work. I've been a pastor. I've gone to Bible college. And now I, I'm an armchair theologian, like a wannabe theologian, right? And it's offensive to me. Or or you get the rich young ruler and and Jesus tells him like, well, sell everything you have. And he's like, sad, he can't do it. Well, we all think that's the punchline, but the punchline of that story comes a couple of verses later where Jesus says to his disciples, right? He says, they ask him, how can anyone be saved? And Jesus says with man, this is impossible, not possible with help. It's impossible with God. All things are possible, right? And when you take that punchline and you put it in with the question <laughs> that the rich young ruler asked Jesus, you have a very clear picture because the question he asks is, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What must I do? And Jesus basically maneuvers the conversation to make it utterly impossible. 
but he's walking toward Jerusalem. He knows that he's going to accomplish this rich young ruler's salvation. And that the only way that the rich young ruler experiences the kingdom of heaven is by trusting Jesus, not by selling everything he has. Um, that is all like Jesus repainting the picture completely top to bottom. Um, which is interesting why he never talks about the church and he never talks about the temple, almost never talks about the temple in his parables. I think that's an instructive element for us to be like, what's going on there? What do we do with that? Um, so right. sit down with people and work through the parables and let them be what they are. They're confusing and they, they pull the rug out from some of the things we've assumed for a long time. Yeah, absolutely. Look, we're running out of time here. That was a good explanation, uh, Jamison. Thank you. Let's talk for just a couple minutes about your organization called LARC. What is yeah. it? LARC is a teaching ministry, and we're essentially all about helping people reckon with good news. <laughs> so um, we produce articles. We've got a book out, um, a podcast. We do events in local towns where we just get together and talk about the gospel, what it is and what discipleship is and how you can go about discipleship in your life, whether you're at a mega church or you're not sure about church, like wherever you are in that, that conversation, we help you wrestle with and trust the gospel according to Jesus. Um, and we find that building space for conversation about that, that's what's most needed. Um, that's why we don't have a ton of sermons and stuff. You know, it's like, there's lots of that. There's lots of good books. Um, we're going to be the guys that sit down with a beer or a burger or at a campfire. And we're just going to do the three hour version where we just, we go back and forth and we, we process with you with where you're at. Um, our hope is to see people free everywhere. We want to see people free. Are the resources primarily for individuals or do you work with churches or how does that all work? It can go either way. Um, we have a ton of free resources uh, at larksite.com. Um, all anyone has to do is set up an account and then there's, you, you can buy our book, but outside of that, you don't buy anything. Um, we have all kinds of uh, guides to go along with the book. We have things that kind of follow the book, both in podcast, blog, as well as just written articles all to help you reimagine faith in light of the finished work of Jesus. Um, it's really encouraging. It's really fun. And we've found that it's, it's extremely refreshing in our day and age for people that have somehow come to the belief that um, you're, you're only accepted by God. If you, if you pull up your end of the bargain, <laughs> um, cause there are people like that. And, and there's a lot of people that don't visit churches, eight out of 10 people that don't go to church, won't visit a church in the, in the U S how do we get good news to them? Right. Um, that's one of the things Lark is setting our sights on is how do we equip people to bring good news to the ones that will never show up to a church building, a church gathering, any church event, really. Um, we want to help equip that work. We want to help see that gap start to change. What's the website again, Jameson? larksite.com so that's lark s-i-t-e and then our instagram is lark underscore social and we just put out all kinds of fun content um on there to kind of engage with people what's the book you mentioned the book yeah the book is called reclaim 
And it's written by Russ Johnson and Tony Sorcy. You'll find it on Amazon for, I can't remember, whatever it costs to print it. <laughs> um, and it's a fun little read just helping you walk through the basics of the, the gospel and the basics of discipleship. Um, and it's not like it's not like every other book you've read on discipleship, which is, I know, a big thing to say, um, but it's it's very refreshing. All right. Well, that sounds good. So uh, I have a, a friend of mine at uh, his great grandfather went to town to town riding on horseback, uh, preaching the gospel. Would you are you the modern day version of that with your RV? <laughs> um, OK, so update. I am no longer in the RV. We just <laughs> yeah, landed in Des Moines because um, <laughs> everything I do with Lark is uh, it's fundraised. So. I fundraise like a missionary. So in a lot of ways, yes. Um, but what I've done is try to, I, our network is all over the place, you know? Um, and I thought for a while, I was like, how am I going to go and encourage and equip people the long way, right? Hearing the long version of their stories. If I'm getting on airplanes all the time, like I, I'm fundraising just my own salary. I'm going to have to fundraise now this operational budget that's thousands of dollars to, do hotels and airline tickets. And my wife is the one who's like, what if we just get in a camper and then we can park in their town for two weeks on the way to the next one. And I was like, that's an amazing idea. Plus COVID just started. And it was like, well, we can't be out in public anyway. We might as well go par move our backyard to all these amazing places. And <laughs> it was an incredible journey. One I hope to do again someday, but financially just became impossible. Even that was too hard. So um, fundraising is not that fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We understand. Somebody's got to right. put the fun back in fundraising. Right. We should do a podcast <laughs> about that. <laughs> we should. Absolutely. All right. Well, Jamison Allen has been our guest today. And, uh, if you want to reach out to him, you, you heard the information. Larksite.com is That's probably it. the easiest one. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then uh, you can always reach out to us if you, if you, whatever, get lost support at streamingchurch.tv. That's who we are, and we've got lots of things going on here in uh, 2023, so we're excited about that. Check us out. If you haven't subscribed to the Church Solutions Podcast, please do so. That way you'll never miss an episode, and uh, give us a rating if you want. So, All right, so we're done here. Uh, Jameson, thank you again for your input. Man, thank you for having me. And Steve Lacey, thank you, as usual. I'm glad to be here. And thank you, folks, for watching or listening to the Church Solutions Podcast. Please take care of yourselves and each other. My name is Phil Thompson. Until next time. <laughs>